Well, thank you for joining me for another Serenity Break, where we take a few minutes to regroup and uh, recenter our hearts and minds on the things of the Lord through His Word and by His Spirit. Chance to refresh. I want to talk with you about the um, continuing prevalence of alternative spiritualities. This is especially important if you are in recovery. If you or a family member are in recovery from drugs or alcohol or um, uh, some other form of um, compulsive behavior, and uh, you've perhaps even uh, know someone or yourself or have entered into a 12-step community, and th- these are um, uh, programs that often, most often, in fact, emphasize some form of spirituality to be able to recover fully. And they're right to do so, but the spirituality that they prescribe is um, very destructive, ironically. And so there's a a, a continuing uh, awareness and a continuing presence of this alternative spirituality, and it's an ancient form of what they call Gnosticism, what we would call Gnosticism. It's an ancient heresy Uh, It began during the time of the apostles and has never ceased to assert itself into the Christian mind. And so we want to be very aware of it. I want to give you four things today that um, will help you identify it and avoid it, uh, which is really, again, if you are in recovery on any level, whether it's addiction codependence, some level of trauma, you're getting help from a 12-step group, or you're getting help from a, um, a therapist, you want to be very aware of the fact that you are going to likely be offered some form of spiritual program. And so you want to be careful to just be very discerning. Let me just play you a clip of what a modern Gnostic teacher might sound like. This is a little bit of an extreme example, but I think it'll, it'll help you. For 2,000 years, a conspiracy of orthodoxy upon earth has denied to those who have ears to hear, who have the flame within, the true mysteries and inner teachings of Jesus Christ. These teachings have come to light only recently in this century, and they portray a path of an inner walk with Christ, each man responsible unto that Christ. We are therefore engaged also in that warfare of Armageddon, whereby it is our mission to restore the lost teachings of Jesus Christ to those for whom they were given in the beginning, that they too might know the Lord and know that Lord, that mighty I am presence, which Jesus unveiled as their own true self. Okay, well, if that doesn't creep you out, I don't know what will. But that is very uh, enticing, very seductive. And uh, it is it is seductive primarily because it purports to be Christianity. Uh, but it purports to be a form of, of lost Christianity that's being uh, newly recovered. So the four things, the four identifying marks of this kind of uh, Gnosticism, 
this kind of hyper-spirituality, is that, first of all, it's always secret. There's a new secret, something you have to be part of this place, a part of this fellowship, part of this club, to be able to know the secret. It's, you have to be initiated into it, in fact. Uh, and it's, again, new. You heard this woman just say that it is uh, something that has only come to light within the last hundred years. Uh, this is um, this is part of anytime you hear something about a restoration movement or uh, they're recapturing the lost te- teachings of Jesus, uh, the wisdom Jesus, uh, men like Richard Rohr, for example, who promote that kind of thing. Uh, you have to be very careful of that and be very discerning. Sometimes even common sense, uh, if you trust your you trust your gut. It's just this is kind of creepy. This is not something I want to be a part of. If it feels creepy, it is creepy. And so it's secret. It's new, and it's only available to the elite. You have to find uh, the elite, and you have to be prepared to come become one of the elite, uh, so that you can ascend to this new knowledge. But the fourth one is a rejection of materiality. A rejection of the physical world. Now, that is the one that has uh, seeped into even the evangelical church. And what I mean by that is this. It is, un- it is not uncommon for me to hear evangelicals say things like, well, we are saved spiritually, but God really doesn't care about our mental health, our, our, our physical well-being our financial health, or our, uh, unless you're, of course, in some kind of charismatic, hyper-charismatic uh, situation. Uh, so I'm not talking about here uh, a Benny Hinn type of faith healing or that, that type of thing, or uh, health, wealth, and prosperity. They, they have their little niche, and it, it is just as cruel and just as destructive as the woman you just heard. But any denial in reaction to the Benny Hens of the world. Any denial that God cares about your material well-being, your mental health, your, your relational health, your um, uh, physical health, is a denial of the gospel. Jesus came in the flesh, and God sent his son into the world to, to be, and became man to re heal, to restore, redeem man. And that means the totality of our humanity. We are not going to be simply spirits floating around in an ethereal heaven for eternity. We are material people. We have physicality. And the new heaven and the new earth will be just that, a new earth as well. And while we don't understand fully, we haven't fully realized what it's going to mean to have new bodies, the new glorious, glorified bodies, we do know that they're like Jesus, and we're going to be like him. And he is man still. He is still human. He is undiminished deity and undefiled humanity. And it's in his humanity that our humanity is being redeemed and restored And uh, so we have this great promise that God is not only concerned about us spiritually, he's also concerned about our mental health. This is why so many times people will, uh, good Christians, otherwise good professing Christians, 
will um, go to church and they'll want to be saved spiritually, uh, but have no answers for you when it comes to your mental health or, or your uh, physical struggles or even your relational health. Yeah, you'll be told all kinds of absurd things about how to manage your relationships. Uh, anywhere from just living with domestic violence to just bucking up or ignoring it or uh, uh, forgiving in, in some kind of a, a mindless way uh, those who abuse you. Uh, it, it's sad. That, is, that does not come from the Gospels. That does not come from biblical uh, teaching. It flows from this Gnostic mentality that somehow all you got to be is saved, quote, end quote, and then everything else will just fall into place, and, you're, and you just have to be spiritual. Well, being spiritual, biblically, means that we are uh, filled with the Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And the Holy Spirit always points us to the person and work of Jesus as he's revealed within the text of Scripture. So what is your safeguard? What is your safeguard against this kind of weird spirituality? It is recognizing that the Holy Spirit is in you, and he does. And it is an experiential thing. It, the Spirit of God does work upon us in an existential manner, meaning where we live. But he will never operate independently of the Scripture. So we get into trouble only when we separate the Word from the Spirit. The Spirit is in primacy over the Word, but the Spirit is never operates independent from the Word. They're distinct but inseparable. So cling to your Bible. Pray for the wisdom and the illumination of the Spirit to guide you through the text. He is, after all, the Spirit of Truth. Amen.